Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play and get along with each other. She got to listen to I'm the back the and better than ever. I got <laughs> You should really learn the lyrics of the theme song you're going to do a bit about. Welcome everyone to Events of War Games episode 24. Liam's here. I'm here. I was. It was going to be Judas, but mm-hmm. then I ruined it by just singing Judas too many times before we started press record. See, this, this is what I get for not immediately recording our Skype call. Then I could have spliced it in, spliced in your, mm-hmm. your uh, frankly, full performance of Judas, which I think you mixed the lyrics up, but that's not here or there. Well, no, I, I stumbled briefly, but then I recovered and I sang the rest of it. Like a true professional, you got things back on track. Mm. My guilt is a heavy cross. So you're, you're back here. How are you doing? People haven't heard from yeah. you in about a month. You know, I show up when I'm needed. I show up for the big payday. This is my, this is my WrestleMania return. I'm a part-timer now. Things are quite different since you last did the podcast. Wait, what has happened? Is there a new format? There's, there's a lot happening in the world at the moment there, Lur. Oh, uh, yeah, there is. Go fucking wash your hands and don't leave your house, you maniacs. Yeah, listen to us do a podcast about wrestling and then watch the wrestling, probably, if you want it or don't. But maybe I mean, don't. I assume you have watched the wrestling if you're listening to the podcast. I don't know, how, uh, of the percent of our, our listeners, how many of them do you think have watched both television shows before the I think you see I think I think all of them have watched Dynamite I don't think any of them have watched NXT (laughs) that's a heavy shot at our audience and NXT's audience yeah well I think so are we gonna do like a little where have we been because you've been gone a week too you didn't do a show last week yeah Dynamite was good last week NXT was I didn't actually even bother watching NXT it was a clip show I'm not gonna even skim it okay I'm, I'm gonna be real with you right now I haven't watched NXT since I was on the show. <laughs> Liam, do you remember that DM I sent you the first week you were done? It's like, hey, Liam, you've got to keep watching NXT. Why did you, you ignore you see, it? Well, you see, the main event on that show was Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong, mm-hmm. and I'd rather not. Did you listen to all one hour, 43 minutes of me and Ralph Reed burying that show? Uh, no, I, <laughs> I listened to a stellar performance of Judas. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what, I think the show's in safe hands, and I let it be. <laughs> it's in such safe hands, I don't have to hear it. Yeah, I had so much faith in Rob Reed's uh, performance of Judas, which is, as we all know, the the measuring stick to which all podcast hosts are held against. And now, here we are. Did you then listen to my solo episode? Um, Listen, Garrett. I've listened to your voice a lot in my life, more than most people that aren't your family. Mm-hmm. And I already knew what you would have said, so it was fine. 
<laughs> you just inferred everything I'd say about uh, the shows. And I, like, I know your points before you know them. It's fine. I'd like to think that's that you just don't even listen to me on this podcast. You're like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. My turn to talk. No, that's just me, like, in our regular conversations, not so much the podcast. The podcasts have to feign some interest, otherwise, like, what's the dynamic of this show? That's what actually, is the dynamic of this show? It's actually true. I occasionally send you DMs and you ignore them, and then you send me DMs, and if I ignore them, you get very mean. Yes, because I am the star of the show, <laughs> and I must be protected at all costs. Every week we talk about all of the no, wrestling. No, no, I'm not ready to go to all the wrestling and NXT yet. I want to do more catch up. What, what other catch up? I do, I do nothing. I live. I have an Animal Crossing village. I think it's coming. Yeah, there along we go. Let's well. talk about Animal Crossing. You you haven't even started it. Uh, it's downloading as we speak. What are you going to call your town? Oh, I didn't even know. I'm going to call it ten characters limit. I'm going to call it Dante. No, I was gonna call it character Dante. Yeah, I'm gonna call it Nerd. Wrestle One Rip. Wrestle. That's probably too many characters. W One Rip. That works. <laughs> so, Garrett, what wrestling have you been watching in the exodus of live wrestling? <laughs> I've been watching all the wrestling Dynamite. Wow. I've been watching WWE NXT. Mm-hmm. I've been watching Impact Wrestling. I watched an Impact Wrestling match this week. There you go. Would you like my review of it? <laughs> Which was it? It was the X Division Multiman. It was fun. There was flips and dives and it was cool. Yeah. Hakeem Zayn is good. He is he's a, a very smooth wrestler. I'm a staunch supporter. I remember I put his promos over heavy and you're like, <laughs> and I was like, what? Like him? And you're like, all right. Um, that's, that, that's basically my reaction to all your takes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> And then, and then you like just subtly bury them, <laughs> and then begrudgingly but, accept them. You said, yeah. "What's the relationship of our podcast?" That is, <laughs> ah, we've deciphered it. And other than that, I watched WrestleMania twenty two. Sure, it's probably a good show. Is that the Batista Undertaker one? Yes, I watched that show. Didn't you watch that show like two weeks? Ago? I suppose you've been gone so long. Yeah, I'm updating people. They don't know what I've been doing and what I you haven't been have doing. You wouldn't have talked about that show on this show anyway. <laughs> uh, you don't know. I might have. Fair. And um, what else have I been watching? <laughs> Zero One and um, Wrestle One's Dead and um, Wandering yeah. Graveyards. Someone please hire a Sheena. Oh yeah, someone do that. Well, actually, no one's doing that at the moment because no one is actually running shows. Uh, Even yeah, Japan has finally buckled to the. All right, we can't run shows anymore. I think there's a real solid chance that like a couple more Japanese companies are, are you know, are on the mm. outskis by the end of this. Actually, it'll be very interesting to see if there's like some giant draft between like the remaining uh, Japanese companies. <laughs> To see DDT, who gets who. Dragon Gate and um, New Japan will Noah. just carve up everybody else. And you got Noah, and then Old Japan will be like Shinsuke Nakamura versus Tajiri. I guess technically Noah is already within the DDT universe, so that that's basically already DDT. I'm sure that's going to offend someone. <laughs> Probably. Every week we talk about all Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Except and for the weeks NXT. we don't. Except last week where we uh, we weren't here, and the two weeks before that where Liam wasn't here. But last week I AW still talked won. about him. To be fair. 
Just, just no one heard them. Just no one heard the takes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, last week, AEW were victorious, I think, or two weeks ago. Uh, so we are going to talk about. I did the show myself. I should know. But uh, AEW first, kicking off with Cody Rhodes defeating Jimmy Havoc. I, how? Uh, let's let's not avoid the elephant in the room like WWE because they're doing all these things because of prevailing circumstances. They won't bother saying like coronavirus or COVID nineteen to save their life. But how do you feel about MD Arena Wrestling, Liam? I mean, I was really into it the first week because it was different, mm-hmm. and now I'm very bored of it because crowd reaction is like 50% of pro wrestling. <laughs> I would have said it's closer to 80 or 90% of pro wrestling. Well, yes. I was giving the performers more credit than you. I guess I have more respect for in-ring wrestling, okay? As opposed to out-of-ring wrestling. But, yes, it's very weird, and wrestling should always have a crowd. And you know that there's some perverts, some mm-hmm. perverts out there, right? Who would prefer that wrestling didn't have crowds? That those people are incorrect and wrong. Insane people. Like, literally insane. How can you prefer wrestling without a crowd? Because, and like, wrestling is literally built on principle, like, psychology. Literally the entire concept of psychology is crowd manipulation. People get hung up on it being like, oh, old-timey nonsense. It's like, whatever you do to manipulate the crowd to get a response is pro-wrestling psychology. Well, the whole point of a match is designed to influence the crowd one way or the other. Like, it's hard to... I couldn't even imagine what these... Like, I have a lot of respect for the performers actually going out there and having, like, pretty good matches, like, without the main component of the match being there. Like, there are certain matches you kind of have to have in this environment, like... I, I was talking tongue-in-cheek to you before the show that if, if we all did old-timey wrestling, these shows would be absolutely dire. But they would be. You know, if you stuck to doing a headlock and getting the heat in front of absolutely nobody, that's a, a formula for disaster in empty arena wrestling. You, like, you want things to be physical, you want things to be athletic, and you want things to escalate in a way that feels at least somewhat satisfying because you're not going to get the, the response of the crowd to a near fall. You're not going to get the response of the crowd to a big strike. You're not going to get that adrenaline rush. So you need the action to make up for the adrenaline rush. And uh, for the most part, both the WWE or both NXT and AEW have the roster to do that. Uh, it just depends whether or not they put them out there in the right combination to do it. Mm. I was going to say, like, I feel like last week, uh, AEW really, like, hit it out of the park with it, and they did really well. I think this week, I found myself being more bored during the matches. Like, I think Cody Rhodes, tremendous pro wrestler. Is he a great empty arena pro wrestler? Probably not. Well, because... Cody's whole shtick is based off his connection with the fans. Mm-hmm. You remove that, you remove half of his his performance. And like that, that is, I think, in in absolutely no way a reflection of Cody Rhodes as a performer because these are well, that's, no, it's just a reflection of pro wrestling. Like it's what the it's what it's built on. Like Will Ospreay could probably still give you a four star match every night in front of nobody because he can do that kind of physically athletic stuff. I, that, I can attest, he did. Yes, yeah, so it would be Priestley on that. Um, that's not Walk Culture, it's the other one. Wrestle Talk Show. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, but Cody, Cody is a guy who lives and dies on that connection with the crowd. And he does matches that have those, like, again, pardon the Cody Rhodes pun, uh, smoke and mirrors that that really that, that, that build the drama for in front of the audience. And, like, this match with Jimmy Havoc was fun. I thought it was a little weird that they did, like, weird rolling in and out of arms stuff. 
and it was it was a fine TV match, but this match would have probably been uh, well. This match would have been infinitely better in front of an audience. Every match would be infinitely I better. I say, in front but of an yeah, audience. you can say that about literally every match ever. But this this was not probably one of the ideal matches to put in front of no audience. Hmm. That being said, I still enjoyed it. Like I wasn't. This wasn't one of the matches that made me like zone out <laughs> while watching. Mm. And you did have your close personal friend Kenny Omega on commentary. He was there providing pretty bad commentary. <laughs> I, I, I thought he was fine. Like, he didn't... I, I like when people don't try and ham it up and suddenly become an announcer. I do like, think that, like, um, much like Jericho, I would like to see in a post-in-ring career them transitioning to commentary. Cody or Kenny? Both. Like, like Cody's Cody does need to lean back on the freaking old school references. There was uh, a point where and the like, pop culture references. Brody Lee, is, Brody Lee has like the the uh, agility similar to Kevin Nash, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess his point was like a fairly athletic big man, but Nash wasn't an athletic big man. Okay. He could, like, move. He was, a, 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 in terms of a big man who could actually have a good wrestling match, sure. But I wouldn't But is like... that really, like, a high comparison that you want to make? Oh, <laughs> yeah, this guy I, can I... have a good match. Yeah, yeah, I was like, he's the broomstick for Bret Hart to work around, sure. <laughs> like... oh, I wouldn't be like, Kevin Nash is a point of, of comparison I would make for somebody's wrestling ability. And I like Kevin Nash. Oh, well. But we get a really cool Jake Roberts promo. And that saved this whole first segment anyway. Yeah, Jake Roberts has been, like, he's so, like, imagine a world where Jake Roberts hasn't really been able to cut a promo for, well, probably not 30 years, 25 years, basically. (laughs) Mm. And his line about, like, them calling all the other old-timers but leaving him out was so good. (laughs) They should should just book Jake Roberts against Aaron Anderson. I'd watch that match. Do it at double or nothing, you cowards. Well, double or nothing might not exist, but yeah. Double... Oh, it's nothing. It's <laughs> Do it as nothing. nothing. They, 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 yeah, they gave up on the double or... Uh, Jake Robert, the gist of Jack, that Jake Roberts promo was that basically he wants Lance Archer to fight Cody once. That's all he wants. And Cody was like, nah. But Lance Archer He's can like, debut on the next Dynamite against somebody like, other than him. Trust me. Well, would you trust, trust Jake him. Roberts? I mean, it's worked out for everyone else who has. Darby Allen set some things on fire. I do like that Dar- all of Darby's videos now involve him just torching something. I don't know if this was mentioned because I didn't listen to you guys talk about it, but um, apparently the Lance Archer vignette was filmed at Darby's place. Oh, yeah, because we didn't have an episode last week. So yeah, Lance Archer had this big vignette where he kicked, the, like destroyed like 15 people in somebody's backyard that had a wrestling ring. And yeah, it was just... Allegedly, and, yeah, actually, that was Darby's. If you actually watch this video, you can actually see it's it's yeah it's, it's the exact same. they filmed this this video in the same place that that was filmed last week. Yeah, maybe that is the long. T- maybe Dobbs is under the influence of Jake Roberts. Um, th- that would involve him turning heel, which is bad, but he would fit well with Jake Roberts, like stylistically. And I actually have a I have a prediction for Dobbs later on, but I'll save it till we get to the end of the show. Darby wrestled Kip Sabian and I, I preferred it to the opener actually, which is rare for a Kip Sabian match. Probably because it's it's two more athletic guys doing athletic stuff. Yeah, I, I really don't have anything to say about this. I, this, this is, is going to be a reoccurring trend, especially when we get to NXT. 
about not having a lot to say about the wrestling on these shows because it's it's there like it's it it feels bad to criticize these shows at all because it's nice that they're happening in the first place and there's probably a case that they shouldn't be happening in the first place but I'll take the wrestling where I can get it but and these people go out there and they have good matches in extraordinary circumstances. I'm like, hey, it wasn't that good as I, you know, put on my nerd voice and live in a basement, even though I don't have a basement. But still, it's, it's a podcast. We're going to criticize it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's, it's a good match. It was a good match. Yeah, Darby Allen won with not the coffin drop, but the Last Supper, which was a, a, a the Bobby, was with Bobby Eaton leg lock pin. We, we, yeah, oh, that was a point of contention on commentary. The name of the move. Yes, because like, um, yeah, because Tony, Tony, by the way, who was so good on this show, I was like, God, why is Jr. lead play-by-play on this show when yeah. this man works on that desk and he's so much better than Jim Ross? Yeah, I really liked Tony on this show. I like, I obviously I didn't miss Jr. at all. I did miss Excalibur. Yes, and, and again, commentary is another thing that's probably relatively hard in an empty arena environment, because like you don't have the crowd to play off. You know, well, the you... thing they kind of have to match the energy of a non-existent crowd, right? They have to replace that sound in the background. So there's a lot more talking, and there's a lot more whoa, wow, whoa. Yeah, and you can't leave dead air because you know if you if you leave dead air in a wrestling show with a regular crowd, at least the crowd fills in some of that gap. Whereas it's just dead silence. You can't leave dead silence. Well, you can, but... Ooh. You probably shouldn't. But yeah, Tony was <laughs> yeah. great, and they argued over the name of the uh, the move, which was The Last Supper, which was Darby's name for it. And I like I like pins like that, where he steps through sharpshooter style and then just drags the legs down. It's like, yes, that does look like a pinfall that would actually get somebody. And, like, it's a good, it's a good um, move for Darby to have in his back pocket, because, you know, like, he may not necessarily beat any top guy with the coffin drop at this point, but you could always see him busting out that pin and getting like a, a sneaky uh, pinfall on someone. And I think most people will. Darby's a guy who should try and grab those kind of pins on people, and I think people would always buy those as near falls. Oh yeah, it's believable with him. Plus, Darby's just great. Jake Hager squashed Chico Adams. It was a squash. It was a squash as squash can be. Basically, he choked him out. Yeah, and he does a. He has this cool mute. He's um, his like they did that little highlight video for him before, and I was like, that music is way better than his actual music. <laughs> Just use that. Use the butt rock. I'm not a fan of butt rock. All butt rock is bad. Yeah, but butt rock is pro wrestling. Unfortunately for you, it has to be good butt rock though. Like Judas and Cody's theme are good butt rock. That's... Whoa! I will not have this disrespect to Judas. Listen, the, the Chris Jericho is butt rock, and butt rock, a good butt rock is fine. Like Sonic the Hedgehog, but rock. Come on. Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm. After the match, John Moxley arrived at the DDT. Jake Hager, Jake Hager popped right back up from his DDT, from his paradigm shift. I'm like, okay, sure. They're going to have a title match. <laughs> uh, that's in front of nobody as well. Oh, good. <laughs> to be fair, like probably the ideal circumstances for that title match. That's true. Uh, yeah, John Moxley hit his pendulum shift. Paradigm shift. Damn it, paradigm. I still think pendulum shift makes more sense. Paradigm shift. Um, yeah, then Haker walked away after Moxley challenged him to a fight. Mox, the Mox feel again. It's, it's it's so weird to see Mox in front of nobody. Like he do, when you do a run in like this, and he hits his move, and he cuts his promo, and the guy walks away, 
And like the emotional beats of it don't work as well in pro wrestling without an audience cheering Moxley coming out and booing Hager walking away. Yeah. It all just feels just the wrong side of flat. It's very weird. Like when he walked out, I was like, huh? Oh, it's just some dude. Oh, wait, no, it's Mox. All right. How do you feel about Cody really trying hard to get big platinum, big platinum over as opposed to like big gold? <laughs> Yeah, he's desperate. He's like, that, that. it's the big platinum belt, not the big gold belt. This is AEW. The other thing he tried to do was compare Darby Allen to Sting instead of the, the natural comparison that Darby Allen is the next Jeff Hardy, which is just like, that's a correct comparison. And Darby Allen as Sting is just like, no, he's nothing like Sting. Well, I think if you specify the one specific bit that like Cody was zooming in on with the kids, it was like, all right, sure, you got that. Yeah, they like, both wear Jeff face also paint. also had that. <laughs> if you're like, yes, both wear face paint, sure, I guess he's like Sting, but then he's like Doink the Clown as well. And people wore Doink the Clown makeup in the crowd, I'm sure, as well. <laughs> I really hope that um, Jeff eventually makes his way over to AW just so we can get the Jeff Derby match. <laughs> yeah, and they do dumb shit for 15 minutes and jump off cages and stages and kill each other. <laughs> cages and stages is going to be there, like match that they do next <laughs> you're the cage and stage match where you can only win by doing coffin drops or swanton bombs off of the stage or the cage okay Brody lee let's talk about Brody lee liam dude like i've kind of love it man <laughs> i think it's dumb vince russo bullshit and i think that on multiple levels because I they did if... this big video package before he does the, the, the sit-down shit. And he's mm. like, he's the Dark Order. We will show you. We will come for you. We will knock the door down. And he's like, the the character they then present in that backstage video, which is a spoof of Vince McMahon, which is the most VK... Like, I'm, I'm literally watching 2007 Impact right now, so I'm particularly vulnerable <laughs> to this. So I'm watching the VKM... Declaring war on the world wrestling entertainment and renaming them Voodoo Kin Mafia to have Vince McMahon's initials. I'm like, that is the cringiest bullshit. Why are you doing this? And then they, they have... Brody Lee do this sit down where he's given out about sneezing and massacring steak and it's supposed to be Vince McMahon it's, off, it's very clearly supposed to be Vince McMahon I'm like you're doing that with Brody Lee? Really? It really it really really feels that like Archer Lee and Hardy all are in the wrong positions mm-hmm. Brody should be in Matt's position Matt should be in Brody's position and um, Archer should have been... Well, Archer was originally going to be MJF's bodyguard, apparently. So, like, that got switched, and Brody should have been in that position. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. Seems like these three dudes got their, their debut destinations mixed up. Uh, I, I, did, I didn't like that. Like, the, that, this, that felt like the kind of thing where you're sitting in the creative meeting, and you're like, what if we do a thing where Brody leaves like Vince, and then you get some digs in at Vince, and everyone has a chuckle, and you dismiss the idea... Because Brody Lee should not be a fake Vince McMahon on your television show. See, I, I, if they don't go that much more into it, and they're just trying to establish that he's like an eccentric, psychological, like psychopathic, uh, like rich dude who has a giant evil cult corporation, that's fine. But like, I just don't need every week to be a Vince skit. Yeah. I didn't but it's need like, it if once this, if this is... I, I, I don't mind the idea of them pivoting the Dark Order to being this, like, weird corporation cult being led by, by this, as you said, psychopathic rich person who's basically just a sociopath who abuses people. 
but uh, again, there was a, a like there was a tonal different di- dissonance between the character that was presented in the wrestling match, the character that was presented in the video package, and the character that was presented in the the the, the vignette. They seemed like three different people. Uh, yeah, I feel like they wanted to give Brody something more than just generic "I am bad guy" leader, mm. and they so they pivoted after one week. Uh, I'm willing. I'm willing to give this more time before I firmly go one way or the other with this. But what it really comes down to is I just want to see Brody Lee wrestle. Which he did. He beat Cutie Marshall in another squash. And thank God he had cool gear this time. By the way, did you notice his finish was he did the like dip into the Sister Abigail and then turned it into basically a Rainmaker? That uh, was these days. He did like the dip, threw him up, and then the discus lariat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he he did that to Daniels too. So he's also taking shots at Bray Wyatt. You know, this is gonna make WWE like nerds so mad. <laughs> I know. I, I like there. There's times where people are like, oh, this is like TNA, and it's usually not. It's like, oh, John Moxley winning the title is just like TNA. That's what TNA did wrong. It's like TNA pushing Kurt Angle is not what you know screwed up TNA. He's Kurt Angle or Christian yeah. Cage or Sting. These people were stars. The problem was they they killed AJ Styles, they killed everyone else, and then subsequently made Kurt Angle, Sting, and Christian Cage meaningless. This so, so shit. what you're saying is like eventually if Darby makes his way up there and they're still like nah Matt Hardy. <laughs> Like, that's yeah. going to be the, the tipping that, point. That will be a problem. But this shit, this, this, the, the, like, uh, this is the kind of stuff that's the wrong kind of obsessive with WWE. It's just like, just book Brody Lee. Fuck off with the Vince shit. Mm. Like I said, I'm willing to give it more than one week. But I don't need, like, I don't need him to go out next week and, like, make weird comments about how he wants his kids to fuck. Yeah, shut your fire to freaking. Uh, yeah. Alex Reynolds. Dude, Vince is a weird guy. <laughs> He's a tremendously weird human being, yes. I'm sub- I'm, uh, there's a, a very good argument that he is not, in fact, actually a human being. Yeah, he might be an alien. <laughs> yeah. Or a clone. Some sort of, like, failed clone experiment. <laughs> His father tried to clone himself and got that. <laughs> Yeah, that's why he hates the junior moniker. That's the next thing. He's gonna face someone with junior in their last name and be like, "I hate this." He's gonna, yeah. Uh, Evil Uno is gonna become his equivalent of Shane McMahon, and he'll just wish him like a very generic happy birthday message. <laughs> and then he's gonna like do a really big one for John Moxley. Brody <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee left a mask on QT Marshall after he beat the shit out of him. Yeah, he, he, he yeah, he's Bro- Brody Lee. Let's get him. Let's wrestle him in Derby or something. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, wait, where do you think they go with Lee? Is he just gonna beat up like nerds? Well, the, the, they have the mini feud of SEU, which is probably a nice little, inter- especially at the moment when you don't really want to give away anything good with Brody Lee at the, while you're doing like MV Arena shows. An SEU feud is probably fine. Have him run through SU and then like do a trios or something at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you get through that, hopefully we will be running wrestling shows like normal and he can have good matches with good people. I assume Evil Uno and Stu went on this show because of travel restrictions. Yeah, this show was uh, even compared to last week. It was much more pared back. There was there were fewer people there. They did the picture in picture box thing because last week they had people around the ring. They had people at ringside, just made, creating at least some semblance of an atmosphere. They didn't have that this week. They decided for their substitute, they were going to do like if you've ever watched Japanese television, 
you've seen the the box in the corner of people reacting to the thing that's actually happening on the show. They did that during the show. I thought it was kind of lame and dumb. Uh, fine experiment. I think it, I think it had its moments, but they went to it so much, especially in the main event like match. That I was just like, Jesus, do we, do we need to keep going back to this? Do we need to have Cody questioning why Dasha is in the male <laughs> locker room, like, constantly? Yeah, and Tony's like, oh, there, there's money on the line. It's like, I don't need to see these same five people not really reacting to the match over and over again. I get <laughs> what they were literally on his phone on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting there with his dog. I, as I, said, I get what they were doing. I get why they did it. And I think it was probably worth a go. But yeah, drop it next week, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, updated Nick Jackson via Vanguard 1. Vanguard 1 is uh, no, as According to Tony and Cody, Vanguard. It, uh, yeah, sure. They, 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 they didn't call him Vanguard 1 once. It's just it's just the regular Vanguard. I wonder if that suggests there's a whole fleet of Vanguard now. I think they just fucked it up because Jericho called him Vanguard 1 in the main event segment. <laughs> He's Vanguard 1. Like... Know your broken lore, please, uh, Tony and, and Cody. But yeah, Vanguard 1... Uh, spied on Nick Jackson and, and assessed him with his, his, his magic camera. And then Cody was really mad at the size of Nick's house. It's <laughs> 61%. Cody probably has a big house too, right? Yeah. The thing is, that I think Cody's in a more expensive area. <laughs> like, Cody's probably made more money in his career than Nick Jackson, right? Yeah. So, let's give it out about Nick Jackson having money and buying a house. Yeah. Well, he did call it a compound. I wonder if they, instead of doing the Hardy compound, they'll go to the Jackson compound. I think we'll talk more about compounds when we get to the end of the show. Uh, Kenny Omega defeated Sammy Guevara in a really uh, long, really good TV match that, uh, again, you can't get away from the background, but still, uh, it was probably as good of a match. Not, maybe not quite. I thought they were on, on, on the wrong page every so often. But other than that, I thought it was probably about as good a match as these two could have in front of nobody. Yeah, it, it made me really sad because as I was watching it, I was like, I'd probably go way, way higher on this match if there was a crowd. Like mm-hmm. I definitely would. It would be like a. I thought it would have. It would have almost reached a low end match of the year candidate for me. But yeah, yeah. But the crowd. Without the crowd, it kills it, man. It sure does. It's just. But yeah. I, I, I don't. Don't. I don't want to be too, too down on because like they had a really good match. They had the. Yeah. The, they the somehow managed the to have like far. a three and three quarter star match in front of no one. So yeah, which is always impressive. I'm sure Sammy will be a bit bummed that his first big match with Kenny Omega was in front of nobody. He's like, I finally get my first big three-segment match with Kenny Omega. We're going 25 minutes, uh, but no one's there. Well, speaking of being bummed... Oh, God. Speaking... like This is the instance in which them doing something in front of nobody absolutely destroyed something. Okay, so... For real, this felt like bad Shakespeare in the park. Yeah, it was like it was good for a moment because Chris Jericho cutting it, a promo the Jericho on the Vanguard one stuff was great. Especially because there was a period during that where, where Tony said in as a deadpan of voice as he could he's cutting a promo on a drone and I, I lost it because Tony's the best. But yeah, Jericho tried to recruit Vanguard one into the inner circle and Vanguard one flew like away. And he's like I don't agree with your political beliefs on Twitter. <laughs> 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 Which Vanguard One, by the way, does in fact have a Twitter account. Um, what is it? What are his political leanings? Let's find out. Let's check what Vanguard One has been tweeting about recently to see. 
Vanguard 1's last tweet was a pumpkin with a skull on it, with Vanguard 1 on it, saying, Beat that, Senior Benjamin. So yeah, I assume he carved this pumpkin and then ah. is trying to get Senior Benjamin to carve a better pumpkin. Is, did Senior Benjamin reply to it with a pumpkin of his own? Let me see. Senior Benjamin, did you... No, Senior Benjamin ignored it. When was the last time wow. Senior Benjamin tweeted? Fairly regularly, I, st- I believe. Oh, yeah, he tweeted as recently as January 7th. Mm-hmm. So there you go. This is the entire broken universe you'll have to get used to. But yes, Jericho cutting a promo on a drone. Very good. All right. <laughs> then the rest of this segment. There is... Broken Matt Hardy was a place and time thing that I'm not sure can just be, like, lifted. Because, like, the, the, the reason the character worked was because he was a delusional heel who was meant to be laughed at, and most of it was played for comedy. So when he was yeah. like, Brother Nero, I knew you'd I come. I knew you'd come. It was like, yeah, it's stupid. But it's the right yeah. kind of stupid. And Jeff Hardy was the straight man who was standing there looking at him being like, what the heck is what wrong is with happening? you? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is this world? And then Jeff Hardy slowly gets dragged into the world and he fade away and classify himself as obsolete. And they shout, catchphrase- they shout catchphrases at each other and shoot fireworks at each other and dive under boats, which he calls the dilapidated boat. And that's fun. And this, yeah. I, I'm not sure, can you just translate right. that without it just seeming really, 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 really flat? All right, to be fair, I will give mm-hmm. this one thing. If this had have had a crowd, it would have worked. Yes, because the, the broken man catchphrases would have gotten over. So when he, yes. when he said, I'll fade away, you'll fade away and classify yourself as obsolete, the crowd would obsolete. have said obsolete. And <laughs> that... when he shouted delete, the crowd would have shouted delete. And when he teleported, it might have got, uh, <laughs> they probably would have done the, wouldn't have done the teleporting thing with a crowd because it would have been harder. But. All right. That being said, mm-hmm. if I was trying to convince one of my friends to watch AEW. Mm hmm. And this segment came on. Mm-hmm. I would be so fucking embarrassed. Yeah, I would. I would apologize to them and I'd say you don't have to watch this show anymore. And like, I do, I think. I think Matt Hardy has value in AEW. I don't want to like. I don't want to say that he doesn't. Okay. I think Broken Matt can have value too because I think you can do it on a minimalistic approach. I don't think doing this full Broken Matt thing is gonna achieve anything. I think it's gonna lead to bad segments. He's not gonna have great matches, and it's. I don't think it's gonna have any sort of ratings growth beyond like, oh, it's Matt Hardy, and then that'll die down because they'll be like, oh, it's just Matt Hardy. At least if you showed somebody the final deletion, it's meant to be kind of laughed at. Yeah, so, it was meant. To, it was like, um, like a cheesy, like bad. It's like the room. It was the room of wrestling. Yeah. Whereas you show this, this is meant to be a main event program. That that's why mm. this doesn't work. You have Matt Hardy, and there's parts of the broken character that I think Matt has somewhat lost touch with, where he's talking about uh, Damascus, three thousand years See, old. I'm the Egyptian pharaoh. Stuff. That stuff is just <laughs> nonsense. Stop it. I think that's. I think that's the stuff he likes from it. Mm-hmm. And that's why he keeps pushing it. But, like, that's the least interesting stuff from Broken Matt. It's like, uh, like, like Broken Matt should just be a catchphrase machine that then has, a, like, an occasional match. Yeah, and I think the second they did were they were debuting Matt Hardy in front of no crowd, it was fine last week where he just appeared standing in the crowd. This segment, whatever this segment was, should have been, like, a Matt Hardy compound segment. It shouldn't have been yeah. in the arena. It shouldn't have been in that setting where it just to be fair, die a death. I do think they're going to build to that. 
They probably will, um, but well, like it didn't I'm, have to be like a full like final deletion thing. It, it, it should just have to be like a Jeff Hardy Matt Hardy contract signing thing. I before like well, because we're double or nothing in doubt at this point. But I I do think the original plan would have been Darby and Matt Hardy versus Jericho and Sammy. Because mm. I don't I think that's as close as you can get to Jericho versus Hardy without it being awful by putting mm-hmm. those two in there to do like the crazy flippy stuff and I think that would have been a final deletion style match would you have done um, it in the building or would you have like like shot it at at Matt Hardy's house I would have shot it at Matt Hardy's house and I would have shot it at Darby's uh, house I would have had them go through like different versions if they do um, blood and guts if if it goes long long enough that they kind of have to do blood and guts do blood uh, and guts at the Hardy compound. Yeah, they should do it as a a, a, a final deletion esque match. They they I hope they throw Jericho in the Lake of Reincarnation and he comes out as the thousand different Jerichos that he's been. <laughs> There's a lot of Jerichos that can walk out of that lake. They throw Jack Swagger in and he comes out as like a racist. They throw uh, the Bucks in and they come out as Generation Me. <laughs> the Bucks in they come out as the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the shit I want from Matt Hardy and AEW. I want it to be fun and stupid. I don't want it to be serious. Hopefully, this is... Well, to be fair, they only want... Originally, you think this is going to be blood and guts. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like maybe the whole main event Matt Hardy stuff was going to be just the blood and guts stuff and then he was going to transition into more mid-cardy stuff. But, I don't know. Yeah, and it really seems like they're going in the Jericho direction with him. I think he was always coming in for a program with Jericho. I just, I really hope they put Darby and Sammy in it because they need those two in there to make it good. Uh, especially if they they end up having that match in front of no crowd. They did. That's mad. That's not a match I want to see with no crowd. To be fair though, like it, uh, Mad Hardy has value. Let's not pretend that. Like I, I, there's, there's I stuff think you can do with Matt has value. Yes. I'm not anti-Broken Matt. I like Broken Matt. I just Mm. want Broken Matt to be funny, not serious. I think, like, if you go back when we were first talking about the Exalted One stuff, I was... I think I said something along the lines of, I really hope it is is Broken Matt, but I hope they don't just retread Broken Matt. I hope Mm -hmm. they do something different with him, and it's... They're just retreading Broken Matt, and I think that's my problem, mainly. Because, like, Jericho shouting at a drone, funny. These people just shouting at each other for ten minutes... With, uh, they, they also did the weird thing where they didn't have them hold microphones. They did it on like the the ring mics or however they they turned those up. I and... guess they heard the complaints about like people making fun of WWE for having the microphones. But there's a like the, 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 you you record the audio through the microphone. I thought that complaint was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I also think that complaint is stupid. But that's how that's you record I think, audio. I think, the, I think I think them not having the mics is what made me think of Shakespeare in the Park. Hmm. Because it's like a lot of posturing to nothing. Yeah, this this is no good. No good. That I'm not gonna completely like. Again, AEW's been good enough, and they've been able to correct their mistakes quickly enough that I'm not gonna completely give up hope on it yet. Indeed. So that's AEW. Learn from this. Yes. Also, yeah, definitely fix Matt Hardy. Make him funny. More shouting at drones. Less shouting at each other. Also, bring back the piano music. What the fuck? He had the piano music last week, and then they just didn't do it this week. They should just get Jeff's obsolete theme. I'm sure Jeff will be perfectly fine licensing the song. Yeah, well, then he'll get punished in some manner, you know. That's because they're going to push him anyway. (laughs) Fade away and classify himself as obsolete.
with the big piano intro by Rebby Hardy. Come on. Well, fuck you, bro. You didn't even do the fucking thing. Oh, sorry. Obsolete. Yay. I do like hear, being able to hear like Matt actually like clicking his teeth. <laughs> that's no, no. Like that's the ASMR. Of, I, I do not. No, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> WWE NXT opened with Tyler Breeze against Austin Theory based on you didn't watch this, but they had a little backstage thing a couple weeks ago. I, I did. I actually saw that one segment. Which I gave out about because it was one of the many instances of people cutting promos so they could be interrupted. Of which there was instances of on this show twice. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, fine match. Nothing special. Actually, I, I really thought an empty arena match kind of exposed uh, Austin Theory in particular. Where it's just like, oh, you're very cookie cutter generic, aren't you? I just kind of thought this was really boring. Yeah. And like I thought the, the last minute was really cringeworthy. And yeah, it's particularly again Austin Theory trying to do a, a like an actual performance element where it's like he's meant to be taking the fo- uh, the thing, and he's just he's just so like mechanical and generic, and there's no like y- you can see it's like I'm delivering what I meant to deliver instead of you know fully owning it and being Austin Theory. He he really does give off like young Randy vibes, doesn't he? He does probably a little like, more robotic. Like than before, Randy. like before Randy like got all of his charisma. <laughs> <laughs> and then before he lost it again yeah. I was kind of happy to see Tyler Breeze win because I like Tyler Breeze I think he should be doing more in this show But what happened to Fandango? is that I dude getting know. fired or released or something? because yeah, maybe he's, he's, a, he's quarantined I don't know because well, like, there's, there's a chance anybody that disappears on the show all of a sudden is quarantined so you never well, know <laughs> Adam Cole and Britt Baker haven't been on either show in two weeks <laughs> well Cole did a promo on this one from his house. From his house. From his back garden. Yes. He's so, you know. Hmm. Uh, prevailing circumstances, Liam. Prevailing circumstances. I hate prevailing. Also, by the way, I was listening to this show and I must have skipped the intro bit, like where they had the commentators. I couldn't tell who the fuck these commentators were for like half the show. Could you not identify they... Tom Phillips and Byron Saxton? I heard a new Todd Phillips, but like it just sounded like Todd Phillips doing two voices. <laughs> it's Tom Phillips. His name is Tom. Liam. Tom. To- sorry, I got Todd Grisham <laughs> in my head for some reason. But Tom Phillips, it sounded like him doing two voices. And I was like, who is the second person? And then like he just said Byron. I was like, what? That's like the last person I expected. <laughs> it's interesting. They didn't show them at any stage throughout the show, did they? So maybe they were doing... Okay, good. So that wasn't just me being like an idiot and missing them doing an intro. <laughs> Uh, if if they did an intro, I don't remember. But uh, they definitely didn't show them anywhere else on the show, so they they might have been doing it remotely. You never know. <laughs> that being said, with what like with all that, still way better commentary than normal on NXT. Uh, yes, uh, naturally. It's just Mauro's not there, so Mauro just doesn't need to come back. He can go do Ryzen. Nice, nice of you to just put Mauro out. I suppose you're not putting him out of work. You're just making him go somewhere else. Yeah, go to Ryzen. I still watch that. Him and Frank Trigg can have bad commentary there. And then he can do the big boxing matches. We I'm sure that's a way more prestigious gig. It's probably more less stressful. <laughs> well, you don't have Vince screaming at you. Well, you don't have Vince screaming at you on NXT either. Yeah, I bet he's still screaming. Uh, then you enter the, the squash match period of NXT. Or Killian Dane beat Tahuti Miles. It was a squash. Yeah. Uh, literally nothing else to say about this wrestling match. 
Hammer and Grimes defeated Tony Nese in what was a better match, but still like, uh, all right. I feel like they don't, they never have a set character for Tony Nese. It's like sometimes he's a bad guy, sometimes he's a good guy. Don't worry about it. And sometimes he just needs to be squashed by Cameron Grimes and just don't think about it. Don't think about it. This is the Tony Nese story. That's true. Remember when he was good in like 20, 2011? I miss Tony. Do you, remember like, you, do you remember him winning the Cruiserweight title at WrestleMania? Yeah, beating Big Bud after Big Bud's giant reign. And like, really? That's, that's what you're going? You, you couldn't give that, you couldn't do Mustafa there? Like just like to give him the full circle? Mm-hmm. It's like, not mm-hmm. like Ali's doing anything. I remember uh, Tony East was on Impact in like 2011 and he had a really good best of three series with DJZ. And I was like, this guy, this guy's going to be good. And then like he left Impact and then he never got good. Do you want to talk about people who did random Impact appearances over the years? Pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody has worked for Impact. You know who my favorite one was? Go on. Jigsaw as Rubik's. Yes, where he had that great match with Sanjay Dodd. Got over too. The crowd was into him. He had a really good showing on the Destination X Twitch World pay-per-view. Then he did a couple yeah. of uh, one night only shots. And he should have been signed. They're like in, in any world, he should have been signed like the second he got through the curtain in that Sanjay match, and he wasn't. It's a travesty. And uh, uh Jack Evans appeared briefly again. Yeah, twenty eleven during the Destination. Yeah, same thing. And then um I'm gonna think of one more. And then uh Trent Beretta as Greg. Yes, so you really liked all these X Division cameos around Destination X. It was like, it was weird, man. Oh, David Starr. Yeah, well, he only did one night only. That barely, that barely counts. Actually, no. Did he do a TV match? He might have done a TV match. Weird stuff. I think because wasn't he like? Didn't he do Ring of Honor and Impact on the same like week or some shit? Was it David Starr that lost to Jeff Hardy on TV? I'm pretty sure it was. That's, that's a that's a fun match for the Vault. No, he lost the moose on TV. That's less fun. That's a less fun match. <laughs> <laughs> and then suicide on a one night only. Love the new suicide look, by the way. He does look cool. I'm a fan. Anyway, Io uh, Shirai returned to the cheers of everybody. Um, Aliyah was meant to face Shiley. Shiley was attacked backstage. This was this was a payoff of an angle four months ago. <laughs> uh, an angle that we gave out about them not paying off, to be fair. So they they brought it back. I, I was the idea that Aliyah was meant to have attacked Jaili and tried to yeah, get the buy. Yeah, she was kind of like ha 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 in in the ring. Then, I you know what I thought they were gonna do? What? what? I thought it was gonna. It was great. There's one more person, and Vanessa Vaughn was gonna be out. And be like, oh no, the partners. <laughs> no, it was just it was Io. Io came out, beat her in a minute. She's qualified yeah, for cool. the ladder match. She's probably gonna die in that ladder match. In front of nobody. <laughs> Oh, God, they're doing that in front of nobody. They're doing a ladder match in front of nobody. That's going to be so strange. I don't want to even talk about this Keith Lee segment. I'm so oh, sick of this shit. Keith Lee comes out. He says nothing for about a minute and a half. He's interrupted by Dijakovic, who says nothing for about a minute, who is interrupted by Damian Priest. They brawl. It's a triple threat match for the, the North American Championship next week. Really, who could... Damian Priest... Everything Damian Priest does... I think Damian Priest is a pretty good wrestler, but pretty much everything he does on this show is always just like, I just want it to end. Yeah. And Dijakovic and Lee have been feuding for 15 years, and they're going to do their big match with Damien Priest doing big stuff again. Do you think Dijak's going to beat Priest, and then they're going to do a rematch of Dijak oh, and no, Lee? No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't you speak that into existence. 
That's totally what they're going to do. That's definitely what they're going to do. All right, Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole in his backyard is mad at Velveteen Dream and is like, Velveteen Dream, you're not good. You don't deserve a title shot. You can have wrestle uh, Bobby Fish next week. Mm-hmm. And I got the mighty, and the mighty don't kneel. Uh, yeah, who's this Brendan Vink? Uh, it's Elliot Sexton. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm finally making an appearance after being signed for like a year. He got signed around the same time that Jonah got signed. Jonah's been on TV for about a year. Yeah, and um, uh, old Brendan has been down at Evolve. He has a weird face. And um, now he's teaming with Shane. I guess, <laughs> f- fuck Bronson Reed. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, do you think uh, they'll add Bronson to the group and do a TMDK shtick? TM61-2. The mighty 62. <laughs> TM122. Was it, was it like Aerial Ace? That was the TM that everyone used to... Uh, it was Will-O-Wisp, I think. Oh, it was Will-O-Wisp, yes. Mm, so they just called uh, them Will-O-Wisp. Um, Oni and Danny had cool white boots. I did like in, in typical uh, WWE fashion. They were like, oh, these two were valid. had a hell of a week. They lost to the Street Profits on Raw. And, in and front like of in, no one. <laughs> yeah, in front of no one. And in WWE world, that's like, oh, they were on Raw. What I a week re- they're having. I really thought they were going to give Shane and Brendan the win. Yeah. Like, the, I'd be like, oh, they were on, but like, this is Brendan's second match ever, and he's here on NXT. I was like, oh, sick. And then, nope. He's just lost. Though, on the flip side, I'm happy that Birch and Lorcan actually won a match. Yeah, but they're jobbers to the stars. Come on. But they have to occasionally win matches to actually be effective job of the stars. I mean, yeah, but you could do you could have done that against fucking what do you call them three point mm. whatever their new shtick is. Like they can beat those guys. I think you have something. Pretty sure they already have it. though. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Just do that again. Uh, I thought Birch and Lorcan looked good in this match. I thought they they were. This is a good match. Them. I actually yeah. like this match. This is a good little TV sprint. Yeah, I see. Like I actually didn't like dislike any of the actual wrestling on this show. Because most of it went quick enough for me to be like, oh, right, cool. There, there was just like, there was like six squash matches on the show. <laughs> there was yeah, a match like, at the start and a match at the end. S- and everything I- in the middle was just a series of squash matches. But, but you, think, you see what the thing is, though? Like, um, I think I prefer having squash matches when there's no crowd. Because, like, there's no reason for them to have these big, like, spots. Because there's no one reacting to them. So I kind of just prefer them going in there and going, bop, 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 win. I don't think they, they need to do squat. I, I think they should lean more on sprints. Like, they, they, they can't rely on a crowd to carry the energy of uh, lulls in matches. So, like, a good eight-minute sprint wouldn't go astray. All right. Let's meet in the middle. All right. <laughs> no, no, like, 10, 12-minute matches. So you're very and upset no, that and Kenny no... and, and Sammy Guevara went 25. <laughs> it just went too long, man. I would have preferred that go 10 and be a sprint. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Canister <laughs> uh, Ray defeated Caden Carter. Caden Carter really getting all that momentum from beating um, Laura Van Ness, whatever. It's Chelsea Green, there we go. Uh, all the way building up so she can lose to Canister Ray. I don't understand the way they booked cool. the show. Whatever. Candice is cool. Candice um, is not a match. Matthew Riddle. Roderick, Roderick Strong. Strong. Pretty boring match. <laughs> I, I thought it was all right. I was like, this, this is the Matt Riddle, Roderick Strong match. It kind of felt like an Evolve match. <laughs> it felt like they'd hit harder and work faster, and they just kind of lied in the mat for the first half and then did a to nice be fair, little... they're doing it in front of no people. They're probably like... Like, Roddy's like, bruh, I'm like 40, bruh. Yeah, th- 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 that's no excuse. You should be working harder. Come on. Nah. You have to make up for the fact there's no audience, not give in no, to you, the fact that no, there's no audience. No, you don't. Know, Roddy, take the night off. 
You have Liam's, my permission. Liam's going to be a very and bad then, pro wrestler. one year after his signing, the God makes his NXT debut. He was on NXT a few weeks ago, wasn't he? I mean, he's been, like, in the crowd, but, like, this is his actual fucking... I'm here now. Yeah, Malcolm Bivens showed up with, uh... Who are these two people? Um, yes. I actually <laughs> don't know them. I don't I think don't, he did. Were they, they, they looked cool, though. I, d- I don't think they, the attack looked particularly good, but they looked See, big I, and I actually jacked. disagree. I thought they, like, hit pretty hard. I thought, like, the, the back half of it, they did some cool moves, but then the first half, they looked like they were literally... Had no idea what they were doing, stumbling all over the place. Stokes on TV, who cares? Yeah. You know what my only thought was watching Stoke debut? That I was really bummed that they didn't do the Jonah-Rock combo after teasing it for like a year. And like, Stoke would be so much more fun in AEW. He would be so much more fun in AEW. Who would you team him with in AEW? I don't know. Um, who who needs a manager that's like not super charismatic? Because they do have managers in that company, which is nice. Um, who, um, who would you put him with? I'm instantly, like, in my head going to Dark. To try and, like, Sean Spears. Like, no, like, someone that actually is, like, something. Joey um, Janela. I guess maybe Janela. Private Party. Maybe Private Party. Um, who, who else is a Dark regular? Maybe you put him with um, Death Triangle. <laughs> yeah, put him with Death Triangle. <laughs> yeah, I think Death Triangle works. Hmm. Or, um... Butcher and the Blade. Do something like that. Who knows? Butcher the Blade and the Bunny all under Big Stoke. <laughs> that would be a very weird fit. Yeah, but it would be... It, would it be any weirder than him managing Timothy Thatcher? <laughs> That's true. But yes, he's managing... I don't even think they identified those two. Did they? No, I don't, I don't think... I don't, I'm pretty sure they didn't name them, because I was like, wait, who are they? Yeah. So, there you go. Stoke's on TV. We're, next week, we have Velveteen Dream against Bobby Fish, a second chance <laughs> loser's gauntlet. And then Lee against Dijakov against Priest for the North American Championship. <laughs> which brought us to... <laughs> very excited for NXT next week. Our, our main yeah. event segment, Triple H, had a, a meeting in the ring with Gargano and Champa, And he's like, I'm going to find you an empty building. I'm going to find you a ring. And like, you're in an empty building with a ring. What are you talking about? <laughs> do you think this match was going to be at Mania? Uh, well, no, it's in two weeks on NXT. No, but like, do you think it was going to be? No. Because, like, I, when he was talking about, like, the biggest stage possible, I was like, I'm going to put this on me. <laughs> Mania is no longer the biggest stage possible. I thought this, like, the whole thing It's an equal weird. stage. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? That you're going to find a building and an empty... Like, this... The, why? They're gonna why? Do it, it's it's going to be Final Deletion style in, it like, some warehouse. It probably will be, but it's stupid. <laughs> um, okay. I As much as anyone else, uh, we have ragged on Gargano and Champa because they kind of mm-hmm. suck. But I thought the now with the roles reversed and Gargano as the heel, I think it's much more tolerable. I think Gargano's I actually, a good smug shit. Well, he's always been a good smug shit, like DGUSA, and like he's always been like good at being just a sl- slimy asshole. Mm. And um, when he was in the ring and when Champa and they were and they were in the ring and they were going back and forth, I actually was really into that promo. I thought they did a really good job at conveying like actual hatred towards each other. I did like when but, Triple H was like, how long do you need? And Karen was like, eh, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Give me two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I really did like the in-ring portion of that. 
I didn't like like the last minute of it where they're like, I'm the heart and soul. No, I'm the heart and soul. Like, no, that's not what this is about. No one, get, this is some fucking 205 live shit at Mania. Like, no one cares about the heart or the soul, the fucking brand. I just want to see two guys who hate each other fight. That's the problem with NXT, Liam. Everything is about NXT. It's like, oh, oh I'm Mr. Is- NXT. It's like, yeah, it's just, this is about these two men who hate each other because yeah. they've repeatedly ruined each other's lives and want to kill each other. <laughs> As Gargano said, he tried to murder me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I did like that he was throwing himself through glass windows to avoid me. <laughs> that's like classic heel stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's good stuff. Gargano is a much better heel. He looks less like a human ladybug. Mm. They will, and he, yeah, and he's jump um, <laughs> <Trump> is tiny, <laughs> especially next to, next triple, to H. triple H. Yeah, putting Triple H in the ring with these two, it's like their gigantic <laughs> father disapproving of the children fighting. <laughs> he should have been on the outside of the ring so they look taller than him. Mm-hmm. But um, the creator Triple H says, "All right, the fucking creator. That's <laughs> when Tom Phillips introduced them as the creator, like God on Almighty, he's the creator." We're approaching Easter. Like, Jesus Christ has risen again and he's running NXT. And I'm this like, isn't new. This isn't a new thing. I, that's, it just, I don't know why it annoyed me. But, like, Triple H didn't even make NXT. It was a reality show in 2010. He's not even the creator of NXT. It's a lie. <laughs> During the Corporation Authority era... Corporation Authority. Um, he was the creator in NXT because he's a baby face in NXT, and he was the destroyer on Raw because <laughs> he was healed. Didn't create NXT. It's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. He created it's it into God what himself it is today. Bad. Has graced us with his presence to tell us all about Johnny Gargano and how mm. tell us all about how he is the coolest. He looks so old. He's, yeah, <laughs> I was looking at his face in this, and I was like, whoo. I think it might have been because I was watching Triple H and Undertaker from Mania. Yeah, and which one? <laughs> uh, the first one where like he murdered Undertaker for 20 minutes and then lost. Uh, yeah, 17. Yeah. Um, no, like, was that 17? Uh, yes. The, the year before they did End of an Era? No, then you're talking about the second one, which was uh, 27? Yeah, that's one where like he like murdered Undertaker like to, and then Undertaker just got like a, a flash submission win, mm. and then they did uh, heck in a sec the year after. What? Well, yeah, he looks old. That was my point. Yeah, Triple H and Christopher Daniels are the same age. Who do you think's a better wrestler these days? It's Christopher Daniels. Back then, also Christopher Daniels. Was there every year in which Christopher Daniels was worse than Triple H? Might have been like what? What was Triple H's one good year? Like two thousand. Mm. Yeah, I was and Killer Cross what do you want showed from up. Me? By the way, we thought about Killer Cross. Oh yeah, I haven't seen any of the Killer Cross promos. <laughs> They've been uh, basically the, the little thing they aired before they showed his face. That's basically been mm. all of them. Is Scarlet like a part of this, or is she doing her own thing? Has she debuted? Uh, she hasn't debuted, so we'll see. Killer Smoke Show. It's it's like I said to you, the fucking. Casual fans love Killer Cross. <laughs> I don't. Uh, he's a Twitter account. He's another Twitter account. I it's, told you, people... but I admit that I was right. Admit that I said this to you that casual fans love him, and he would be put uh, thrust immediately into the main event scene. And he's big and threatening. Like he's a man who understands his character, but I, he's boring. I, I'd never yeah. want to watch Killer Cross wrestle. I, but no matter what, 
I, I had of anyone who got signed in like recent months, the only person that my casual WWE fans talked to me about was Killer Cross. They didn't give a single fuck about Timothy Thatcher. Well, that's but they're like this Killer Cross guy. Cross is like Cross was on television in the US, whereas Tim Thatcher, Tim Thatcher wasn't. Well, they're not exactly people who watch Impact either. The Killer Cross. He's a Twitter account. He's yeah, like he's good at social media branding. So. Any wrestlers that are listening to this. Yeah. That's NXT. Yeah. We're back, baby. We're alive and kicking, hopefully, for now. For as long as there's wrestling shows on Wednesday nights, I guess, which will hopefully be for the foreseeable future, but you never know. Mm. Which one will tap out first? Well, WWE is probably recording a lot in advance at the moment, so... Do we count that as... Well, like, today was their last day they were allowed to record. Yeah, so I'd imagine they banked as much as they humanly can bank. I wonder if AEW did the same. So if they run out and like they can't film anymore, do we call it the end of the war games? <laughs> it's a draw. Yeah, like if they just both run out of shows, do we we can't declare a winner because one didn't move time slots or anything, it's just we end it? Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll at of course at that point TW twenty will be out and we will we will start our own war games. Well, of course, games. the shows will then come back, but... And the, oh, god damn it. <laughs> I just want them all to be dead at that point. Which show do you prefer this week? Um, AEW, slightly. Yeah, by I'm like the same. A, by, like, a point. There's, there's I didn't stuff particularly I really, love either show. Yeah, there's stuff I, I actively really didn't like in AEW, but I think on the whole it was a better show because NXT was it's, just that streak of squash matches. It's like, you, br- you bring up a good point. Like I think I, I, I thought everything in NXT was neutral, Mm-hmm. And there was some things in AW that I didn't like, but there was also things in AW that I really liked. Mm. So it's like, would you rather something that had no highs or lows, or something that had some highs with their lows? Do we even need to ask about match of the week? <sighs> You're not going to give it to anything other than Kenny and Sammy, are you? <laughs> you know what? What are you going to do? Only Lorcan and Danny Birch versus TMDK. I'm giving it to them. There you go. Uh, fan poll, 253 votes, 80% AEW, 20% NXT. AEW, comprehensive victory. Ooh, you don't really deserve it this match this week, guys. <laughs> yeah, it should, be, it should be closer. Liam, before we go, where can people find you on the internet? Ah, uh, you know, places. Cool. You can follow Matt Larrikin, L-A-R-R-K-N. I'll just do it for you. You can follow me on Twitter, at Garrikidney, J-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at WarGamesPod. Voices of the Wrestling Podcast Network is still churning out shows. Everything Elite is talking about all of uh, everything Elite. It's it's in the name. And Shake Them Ropes wow. talks about wrestling television shows, uh, mostly focusing on WWE. So uh, you can watch those. Uh, no, you can listen to those. I guess you could technically watch them on YouTube, but you just watch a bar. You can move. also watch us on YouTube. But it's it's just a bar moving while we talk. So is that watching? Yeah, but you can also watch us on YouTube. Yes, do that too. If you've if you've listened to all one hour of this podcast, go back and listen to it or watch it again also, on YouTube. Go go watch Garrett's stuff on YouTube. It's good video game content. I'm working on a Final Fantasy VII video. Ooh, are you going to say that it's overrated? Uh, no, it's a good video game. Uh, thanks oh. for listening, and bye bye. Animal Crossing. Bye.